Welcome to Watch Over, a podcast devoted to all things Arrow and Elicity. Featuring myself, Jen, aka J. Buffy Angel, and me, Kelly, aka Callista Wolf. Be aware we do discuss spoilers and swear now and then, but we will always have fun and you will too. Well, it premiered the Green Arrow and the Canaries backdoor pilot. I just I know, called it Green Arrow. I know very little about what happened. I just know that Laurel was annoying, oh Mia God. was fabulous, and Dinah was tolerable. That's yeah. all I know. That sums it up. Oh, I mean, okay. <laughs> not shockingly, I loved what I thought I was going to love, and I hated what I thought I was going to hate. So... Way to play to the middle Play there. right into my hands, Mark and Beth. <laughs> the, the actual, yeah, the actual construction. Well, first of all, before we get into this, the most important thing that happened tonight was the 810 promo. If you go to my Twitter, if you go to my blog, there's a shot of Oliver and Felicity holding hands, looking out a window in the really? sun. Really? Really? Yep. So what? just take a deep I mean, breath. Everybody relax. Maybe the paradise okay. dimension is a star city that likes him. It could it could be like a smoke tech, you know, in the future. I have no idea. I just know that they're standing out in front, in front, in front of a window. It that looks like the old me. Queen Consolidated set and looking out the window, which I would love that because that's where they met first. Mm. If somehow she gaffles the building. Anyways, I was just happy that they showed the two of them holding hands in the sun. It was the last shot of the promo, I think. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, so Green Air and the Canaries. Um, where to begin? I think the construction around the plot was pretty flimsy, even for Arrow writing standards. Um, you know, Mia is obviously in the future. It's 2040. She's just graduated from college. Um, she, we open up with her sleeping in bed with JJ Diggle. So I was living my best life. I don't know how everybody else was doing. I was like, (laughs) yes, queen. And then within 30 seconds of him getting out of being naked in bed, he puts on pants and, uh, he was also wearing a wife beater. I was disappointed there was clothing on him, but I could accept what he put on. So wait, who was naked? JJ. I've decided okay. he was naked in bed. Oh, okay. And then, because, like, they didn't show him all the way. He was covered up. And then Mia For gets shame. out of bed, and then he wakes up, and he has clothes on. So in my head canon, he got dressed really fast. Okay. That works. And <laughs> about 30 seconds into the episode, he's pulling out an engagement ring and proposes to her. So the show was like... My crack. <laughs> You're like, all right, you have I'm my like, attention first. <laughs> I love it when Mark Guggenheim gives me my way. <laughs> That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. It was fantastic. Um, so kudos to the fandom for totally calling the storyline of, I, well, what I will say is you called the storyline, well, what's going to happen, but there was a little bit of a twist. So, uh, okay. yes, it's JJ and Mia. <laughs> in a relationship but then I'll get to the twist in a little bit 
uh, it's not quite the same. It's not the exact flip that we thought it was going to be where JJ is good and Connor is going to be evil. So that was the first part. And Kat McNamara looks flawless. The part that I had difficulty with Match. was the plot. No, no, not the plot. Uh, which was, I don't know, seems kind of important in a pilot. Uh, <laughs> so Dinah is living in Star City 2040. She's essentially living in Oliver and Felicity's old loft. Not the loft that they had with William, but the apartment that Thea the, used the, to the live The loft in. loft. Yeah, loft loft. I love loft, the loft. Yeah, the old loft, like where all the bad juju is. So I was well, like, it's fine. No, there's not bad juju. Well, nice there was loft. Thea. Thea got murdered and then care. they broke up the when they when they were in that apartment no, i don't care they also got back together in that apartment. that's fair anyway so <laughs> dinah's living in there and they try to make it look different that's but it same. wasn't <laughs> she is the captain of the police department i guess maybe i actually no wait she's not the captain of the police department she owns a bar downstairs and she's is that like the fishnet a, yeah and she's like a lounge no. singer yeah, just go with it. Um, so <laughs> she's in 20... Yeah, I'm just saying. Plot is interesting. Uh, so she's in 2040. So after Oliver's funeral, she gets deposited in 2040 and discovers that she doesn't exist in 2040. So she just stays in 2040 and is like building a regular life. And there's no explanation around this mystery of why Dinah was moved from the present, dropped into 2040, and why she doesn't exist in the future already. None whatsoever. So I guess this will be one of the ongoing mysteries, except I don't care. So <laughs> two, we have Laurel. And how is everybody getting to 2040? Sarah. It's all this. Mm. They're using Sarah and the time machine travel, whatever. Typical. Yeah, to dump people there. So Laurel comes roaring into town um, because they're Helena Bertinelli. So why did they come to the future? Right. Like okay. So Helena Bertinelli gets kidnapped. Helena Bertinelli's daughter, it is her daughter, um, Bianca, gets kidnapped and Laurel knows this because of newspaper articles. So she comes to the future because she needs Mia to help her find Bianca. That's literally it. And I mean, that's a, a lame excuse to make the poor girl remember. Right. This so what I would call all of those. <laughs> hey, listen, all those Raylos out there, you know, all the Raylo haters where you're having like the, they call it a mind rape scene where, you know, uh, What's his name? Kylo Ren invades. What's his name? Yeah, I forgot his name. Uh, Kylo Ren invades Ray's mind. I mean, we are too far off from that and what happened. Oof. So, you know, Mia's like, who the frick are you guys? And she's walking away. They were at, Keep I think it's essentially her engagement party. And she grabs wife. her arm and just forces all these memories on her without talking to her about it beforehand, without discussing it with her, without any kind of warning. And she's pretty devastated. She's just like, great. I got to watch my dad die. That's fun, you know. And she remembers all the training and everything. But she, uh, she remembers her life with Felicity. And she remembers all of it. So it's not like if people are getting ticked off that this crisis uh, storyline is going to erase things. It doesn't erase things. It's what I, I, you know, what Cal and I have been saying for a while on Twitter. Well, not for a while, but on Twitter, we've been saying they're they're not erasing what happened. It still exists, but 
but they're simply opening up a separate storyline where things were not as sad and painful. But the characters are going to remember both. So they're impacted by both. So yeah, Mia, it's, it's not like stuff's a race. No, 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 there. not even a little bit. Like, so JJ, like, she kind of freaks out. It's kind of like, you know, it physically affects her. And so JJ reaches for her. And she, the last thing she remembers about JJ is him being freaking Deathstroke and running a sword through Zoe. So she pushes him away, mm. which is, I mean, it was very devastating because JJ, there's so much John Diggle happening in him when he's a good guy. It's like, oh, it's delicious. Um, so Laurel really doesn't come out with what she, why she's doing this to Mia. Mia's pretty upset. She's like, hey, this was a majorly dick move. And then Laurel spends pretty much the rest of the episode being an absolute asshole to Mia. I've decided that Laurel being completely unbearable in pilots is a tradition the Arrow writers are determined to continue. I wanted Mia to bitch slap her up the head within five minutes of her opening her mouth. Did she? She finally said, fuck you, only it was frack you, which was fantastic. And then, you know... Laurel's kind of belittling because Mia's like, I'm not doing this. I'm not putting on, you know, the green arrow suit. I'm not, you know, running around town and, you know, masks. And I have I have another life. And, you know, Laurel's basically belittling that choice and how she's just an airhead socialite socialite with nothing to do. And she's I mean, she's being a hardcore bitch. I finally tweeted out. Because I was like, obviously, I am not the most neutral human being on the planet when it comes to this particular topic. But I was like, is it me or is Laurel being a lot right now? And everybody was like, you know, she's the worst. This is really like whatever softness Mia and Laurel had developed in the current present day storyline or even in the in the last backdoor pilot that was for 2040 is gone. She's just a hard, cold bitch to her. And she's barking orders at her. She's basically just destroys her life and then starts barking orders at her like she's in charge of all of this. And, you know, like she has some kind of authority on Mia's life and what Mia's like, what Mia should be doing in her life. I was like, where does this, where do you get off? And so there was one moment where she's belittling um, Mia's life as a socialite. And I'm actually going to read the quote because what, she says to her because it was really freaking good and I loved it hang on I gotta log out of my Twitter <laughs> and I'll go back to the watch over sorry guys um I'll find it I'll find it I find it I find it lies you will never find it it's gone forever I know no no <laughs> <laughs> it is okay no wait almost there oh my stupid and pointless life is the only one is the one my father sacrificed himself to give me. Don't you dare trivialize that. Ooh. It's fucking great. That is good. It was really good. Not it like shut her up for five put seconds. A point on it. That is absolutely Because that's, that's what she was exactly doing the entire episode. She was trivializing everything that Oliver She's sitting here sneering at Mia's lifestyle. Like, that isn't exactly the lifestyle she was trying to marry her way into. But, you know, well, whatever. Interesting. <laughs> interesting that you should bring that up. Oh, no. uh, it turns oh, out, because we're always a little bit like, what's the deal with Black Siren's relationship with Oliver? And they haven't really explained their history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, they did tonight. Earth 2 yeah. Oliver also cheated on Laurel with her sister. <laughs> the only difference is he drowned. I mean, this show, there is, 
hate Lorimer so effing much. They really hate it's it. It's just, it's a never-ending shade well, machine that comes. The fact that, the fact that they hate it, like, that's, that's, that's one thing. Like, I expect that at this point. But the fact that those fans are still expecting something good to happen when they so obviously hate it is just amazing to me. Like, how can you guys think that they would do anything remotely nice to that ship when they clearly hate it and hate on it at every turn? Every turn. Yeah, it's really quite something. I mean, they refuse to give them any kind of anything, multiverse, anything, where Laurel and Oliver are together. It has still not happened, and it's not going to happen. This was really <laughs> the last shot yeah. for E2 Laurel to have, like, a great relationship with Oliver, except he just died. <laughs> that didn't happen. That was it, guys. That was your last shot at Laurel, and they shut the door on you. I don't know what to tell you. Well, did you see? You might not have, because I don't know how much you were online today. I wasn't online. I had a migraine, so I was sleeping but a lot. Apparently... There was some interview with Katie and Juliana or something. Anyhow, they were asked who they'd like to guest star on the show. Should it go get picked up, right? And Katie said, Oliver Queen. Oh, girl. And I was like, oh, honey. Baby doll. <laughs> oh, my sweet summer child. Oh, honey, why? <laughs> Love yourself, so he Katie. can sneer at you and tell you to stay away from his wife again? Like, like what are you after? Sweetheart. Oh, no. You know, there's just no helping her. We just got to let Katie go. No. There's no helping her. There's no helping her fans. We Listen, can't guys, save her. I've stop tried. trying. Let stop it go, trying. Cassidy. You're on your just, own. Just stop trying with the, all these people. Just stop trying. Yeah. It's not worth it. It's not happening. So I would say Laurel was an unbearable bitch the entire episode. And even the moment where she finally softens and we're having this heart to heart, it's Laurel and Mia having a heart to heart about Oliver, which is about the kind of person he, you know, would he be proud of Mia, what he would want Mia to do, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, this is absolutely ludicrous that this conversation is happening. Pick any other character on Arrow. Renee, Dinah, Curtis, all of them had much closer relationships with Oliver than Black Siren. And yet it's Mia and Laurel talking about Oliver. Like Laurel knows anything about Oliver or had any kind of a relationship with him. I just finished reviewing 807 uh -huh. and I had forgotten that she was the only character he didn't bother saying goodbye to. But I was like, well, yeah, that's fair. That's honest. He has no emotional attachment to her whatsoever. So I was like, this entire conversation about what Mia should be doing with her future, what her dad would want, needs to, should have taken place with William. There's no other. I will accept no other substitutes. It was an absolutely insane. It was one of those, clearly, this is the mashing of two different show ideas, slapping it together, and we want to keep certain aspects of it, but we've got to tweak it. That's what it felt like. I mean, it's fair that the female actresses have been promoting two different shows because it felt like two different shows. I have news. Yes. I have news from, from our dear, lovely Lexi. Oh, I love Lexi. Lexi is watching Legends of Tomorrow right now. Yes. And apparently it's hilarious. Oh, <laughs> She said, 
Ava writes Sarah a condolence card because she's grieving Oliver. And she writes, Dear Sarah, I'm sorry the vigilante you slept with while he was dating your sister died. And then the new wave writer technician gets Sarah a Lord Mesa print of Sarah, Oliver, and Laurel to try to cheer her up. And Sarah hates it. And I'm like, oh, my God. They really do they hate, hate River so much. They hate River. Oh, like, they do. They hate it so much. Because every time it gets mentioned, the shitty sister swapping gets mentioned. They always too. shade it because it's a horrible storyline. It's a horrible, horrible storyline. Yeah, so I would say that was my biggest frustration was Laurel. You know, it's not that I'm like this constant I hate Black Siren kind of deal. It's just there is something about Katie Cassidy – and the way she delivers lines, she is so forceful. She just, there's She's an un- insufferable. It, there is an unnatural, she cannot tread the line between being bitchy and, and still being, you know, entertainable, entertaining bitchiness. You know what I mean? It's insufferable bitch- bitchiness. It's just exhausting listening to her talk. And I don't think it's in the dialogue. I really don't. Because I think, you know, another actress could find the nuance, throw these lines out and be a little softer. I don't feel like the dialogue necessarily was super harsh on Mia, although at times it was. But I do think it's a delivery problem. And she's just a her problem. It's just a her problem. And I'm just so (laughs) fed up with pretending like she's not a problem in these shows like she's a massive problem has the writing failed her a little bit sure but but not now i don't think now no they're writing to her strengths now they've made her into this bitchy character because that's what she does best but she's even making that um impossible to enjoy because she's coming at it so hard it's like could you just pump the brakes a little bit okay you just like just ease up find a thread of humanity and then it's like a, it's a personality switch when they start talking about Oliver and she's all warm and fuzzy and I'm like I have difficulty with the warm and fuzzy <laughs> when you were just completely obliterating this girl's life and then yelling at her for not doing everything that you said to do like you have some kind of authority on her life in any way shape or form okay I got a question What's that? Are people correct that Dinah is tolerable and also where's Felicity? Yes. So they did not answer where's Felicity. They did not talk about Felicity at all. They just didn't address it. <laughs> That's smart. <laughs> like, and you know, William and Zoe were in it for less than five minutes. That Ugh. scene that you guys got with them, Boo. that was it. There was Boo. one more seat. There Wait, was, wasn't he at the statue? At he was the at end? the very stat. Yeah, he was at the very end, and Mia and William end and up he getting got kidnapped. kidnapped. Right. Yeah. So that was number one problem, and I tweeted this at Best Shorts. I was like, "She's like, oh, are you watching? What do you think?" I said, "Mia's fantastic. You need way more Zoe, Con- Zoe Connor, William, and JJ." And JJ was actually in it a decent amount. So we'll get into him in a little bit. But yeah, it just and, and Dinah is better. Yes, she's not. Well, you know, I think not existing has kind of like taken her down a notch or two. She also felt like, hey. <laughs> I'm not Black Canary, and Zoe's alive, and Mia seems to be doing pretty good. She's like, I'm just going to, like, buy a bar and hang. And she was much softer. You know, she was the peacekeeper between Mia and uh, I saw Laurel. somebody say it was kind of more like the Dinah that we saw in season five before they fucked yes. her over in season six. 
Very much so. I would actually say a better Dinah because she was oh. softer and she's not angry anymore. Like, awesome. that Dinah well, that, that we met honestly, in five was really If the angry. only insufferable bird we have to deal with is Katie. I really didn't I mind Dinah. I, I was like, could we just have <laughs> Dinah and Mia work together? Like, that would be great. And, you know, when Dinah first showed up on the show, I loved her. I was like, they finally found Same a black here. canary that I really can enjoy. And then they right. fucked it up in season six. They did. And she's got her cry back. Or okay. no, wait, maybe it was just a mechanical cry. I can't remember. But no, there was times where she was like, I mean, she said to Laurel, you know, the last time she put on the green arrow suit was when her dad died. Like, that might be difficult for her to put it back on. Right, right. Exactly. Like, hello, you know. And well, and also, the aforementioned, he died, so I wouldn't have to live so you, this So she life. wouldn't have to put on a fucking suit, was kind of the point. Um yeah, so no, I, I actually really did enjoy Dinah. I thought Juliana Harkfade did a great job. She softened the edges. Again, you know, there was things in the dialogue where, you know, Juliana could have come at it harder. She could have made it sound harsher. She could have been edgier, and she didn't. There was a softness to Dinah. It was kind of like a Dinah who was like, okay, I've seen my mistakes. I know what I've done wrong. I don't really get why I'm in the future, but I'm just going to, like, chill and be a nice person and not wear a mask. And then Good. Laurel comes roaring into town and obliterates everybody's lives and tells them what to do. That's kind of how, that was the main component of the plot. Because I cannot tell you why they needed Mia to save this Bianca. Like, I love Mia. I love the Green Arrow. But it wasn't like she was doing anything that was like, oh, only Mia could do this. And Black Siren couldn't do this by herself. No, literally everything. If they actually had Laurel be a character who could get things done and accomplish missions and have basic fighting skills and, uh, you know, detective skills of any way, shape, or form, she could have done it all on her own. But since they don't give any of that stuff to Laurel's character, then she has to drag two other characters who are far more capable, and so the story makes sense. Except the story didn't make sense. I'm sorry. I'm a nice person. (laughs) Why did I keep jamming this character down my throat it's so irritating well and the interesting thing and i did tweet was the (laughs) the relationship between cat and or sorry i say cat freudian slip uh mia and laurel is very (laughs) adversarial and i don't think that was by accident (sighs) if you've been paying attention to how cat and katie cassidy have been promoting this show i don't feel a lot of love there in any way shape or form honestly I'm sure Katie has this thought, like, she can shove Cat out, but, like, it's going to be the other way around. Well, so, what? yeah, I mean, listen, the canary aspect of it, and then they started talking about, you know, the canaries and starting the canary network and all that bullshit again. And then, you know, Mia goes back to William, and they are kidnapped. So I'm hoping when this show comes back, if it comes back, that, you know, William is integrated more into it um, because – Personally, I don't feel like they had, it would be, it's, you know, it feels very similar to Arrow season one. You're missing the heart. You need the heart. That's William. <laughs> if you're not going to include this kid, what are we doing here? Um, so yeah, you know, they, it did not have enough FTA because for whatever reason, that show had to get retooled into this canary. Katie Cassidy pitched her show, and there was an FTA show pitched, I'm sure, and this is what we got. But it doesn't feel like some seamless cohesion between these th- three female characters, and it sure as shit does not feel like girl power because Laurel's basically insulting Mia every two seconds. But, you know, rah, rah, we're all friends. Um, 
Okay, so the cool stuff with JJ, it was actually really heartbreaking because Laurel gets inside Mia's head and Mia has all of these memories. So she remembers that JJ was a homicidal maniac and used to be Deathstroke. And so she tries to break into his computer and like hack it to see if there's secret Deathstroke files and he catches her. And it's it's awkward. Like it's kind of like they just want to throw a bomb into the relationship right away, which is fine. I'm fine with the bomb, but it was just an awkward chucking of the bomb is so Mia's like did you kidnap Bianca <laughs> just like straight up accuses her fiance of being a kidnapper he was like are you for real right now <laughs> she's like yeah uh he's like no the secret files of our that I have are of our potential honeymoon destination what the fuck is wrong with you and I just remember thinking I was like it's gonna be really hard to pick out cake now <laughs> So she tries to like apologize. He was even like, I mean, accusing me of cheating would make more sense. But kidnapping, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> it was pretty great. Um, so then he kind of like pseudo is like, you know, you don't seem to want to marry me because you seem to be <laughs> accusing me of being a criminal mastermind. I also kind of felt like there was some hesitation in the whole proposal thing. So maybe we should just like take a break. So at the end of the episode... Mia's like, no, I've just been trying to sort out what I want to do with my life, and I promise I don't think you're a kidnapper. <laughs> and he's like, okay, cool. And then they get back together, and she says, I can't imagine spending my life with anyone else, which is Oof. the least subtle, she's going to marry Connor Hawk, endgame. See, like, when you're watching pilots, this is what you got to look for, okay, guys? Because they're setting up. The they pilot to the connect anvils. to the series finale. No the matter exception to that is, of course, Arrow. Is Arrow itself, right. right. Which is why which is why season two was such a masterpiece in terms of rewriting the love story and why it took the whole season. Because they were actually season and a half because we can start in one, too. Yeah, it did. Um, because it's, it's a masterful recrafting of the story. Because, yes, it was supposed to be when Oliver sees Laurel walking down that alley. That was the symbol. And he's watching her. They're going to get back together. They're both going to evolve. This is, a, this is an origin story. It's going to evolve. And they're going to become superheroes together and romantically get back together because they are destiny for each other. And Which is why the lovers can't let it go. Right. Because so they're holding on to that promise. Literally just the, the pilot. the first episode. And ignoring seven and a half years of other input saying, okay, we changed our mind on that. And they're like, no, no, but this is promised in the pilot, so it's going to happen. Well, and you can make a very strong argument, particularly from the way Arrow treats it, that 103 was the second pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they almost kind of just act like, like Emily was, was in the pilot, beginning. that that scene in 103 took place in the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of like their wish, attitude I think now. they kind of wish it had. Yeah, they totally wish it had. So, yeah, do I, because everyone, of course, everyone loves Connor and Mia together. And he's, uh seems to be, so he's not Deathstroke. He shows up at the mm. engagement party. They kind of snipe at each other. She asks him if, he, if he's going to manage to stay out of rehab. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, there's a little bit of scruff. He looks messy. He kind of looks a little gangsta. Uh, but he's not Deathstroke. They reveal the guy who kidnapped Bianca is Deathstroke, which I don't fully believe that. But what's cool 
is he said, you know, as they're saving this Bianca chick, they're like, you know, this this isn't over. She's not going to let this be over. So they're teasing some female villain. Mm. But what's cool is the same guys who kidnapped Mia and Connor also break into uh, JJ and Mia's house. I think they're living in the Queen Mansion. And uh, they put they give him his memories back. Okay. So JJ remembers now being Deathstroke. And they were giving him his memories because they wanted him to remember being Deathstroke. And become Deathstroke. Right. Again. So right now, here's where I think it's going. Okay. It's this is like their version of Oliver and Malcolm Merlin. Only romantic. It's Mia is going to start being the Green Arrow, but she didn't tell JJ that. So this is, she's gonna do the whole secret identity thing. So what I think is gonna happen is JJ is gonna start becoming Deathstroke again and they're going to be fighting against each other but they won't know it although I take that back because the minute JJ is going to see the green arrow he's going to know it's Mia right See, this is the stream of consciousness that I get into that normally I work this stuff out before I publish you know it works for me honestly I have so little reference on it I I know it's kind of like uh I don't know where I was exciting because I didn't know where they're going to go with this you tell me what you think is happening, and I'm like, okay, that sounds well, good. Well, you know, I'm <laughs> like, oh, okay. But, like, this show is so ridiculous about uh, secret identity and just, like, blatantly ignoring the obvious. Like, nobody could recognize Oliver in the hood, even though he had no mask, and it was clearly Oliver. <laughs> so I'm like, they could do that with JJ and Mia. Who knows? It's interesting, though, but I'm very excited that they gave JJ his memories back because I think that's a little bit more interesting than just Connor being Deathstroke. Okay. And I have a feeling that Connor and William and Zoe, they're all going to get their memories back at some point too. Mm. But the key is, and Mia is an example of this, and this is why it makes JJ a more interesting character now, because in the Flash forwards, he was just evil. Yeah. But Mia is like, I remember my old life and I remember my current one. And so Mia herself is, you know, there's still the angry, tough girl, um, you know, kind of attitude. But she's also a great deal softer with William. She's able to communicate her feelings. Um, she's more mature, you know. Uh, she's not as angry all the time. Like she genuinely has things in her life that she loves. Um, what she's been struggling with is finding a purpose. Like, you know, I guess they kind of said, oh, she's like Oliver was before the island. I very much disagree with that because Oliver was a drunken partying frat boy (laughs) who slept with people's sisters. He was, he was, he was without the morals. Right. He was, no, Mia very much has a moral compass and, you know, she's got, she went to school, she finished college, she's got a fiance. It's like, they're just kind of like acting like being a socialite isn't like, it's just kind of like wasting your time which sorry socialites they are kind of insulting you but you know whatever it, it, you know <laughs> William has offered to have Mia come into smoke tech and she's like you know computers just not my thing dude and he's like so what is your thing and she's like so Felicity somewhere has like clutched her chest and went Ugh! <laughs> Felicity's clutching her chest and like thank god for my son she came from my body but I don't know where I got her from oh yeah her father um yeah, so I, you know, so Mia's uh, purpose now is at the end of all this, oh, you know, being a hero isn't all bad. It's not all horrible, and I think I could do this. So the end of it is Laurel telling Dinah, because Dinah's like, so why are you really here? And so 
Laurel has this newspaper article that... So Dinah was there before Laurel got there. Yes, she was. So Laurel came from present day into the future. But wasn't Dinah from present day too? She was from present day and she's in the future, but she doesn't... She, like, she got there, like, not via Sarah. I think, like, the monitor, once the new universe was created, or she was spirited out of the present day storyline and dumped into 2040 for some reason. Whereas Laurel's choosing to go to 2040 via Sarah. And, and Sarah just lets herself be a taxi, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not quite sure how they're going to... Well, because we saw in the 810... My prom- sister needs a job after Arrow is right, done. Right, pretty much. So her off in the spinoff. Because she ain't coming to my show. Um, <laughs> it's true. You know Katie Cassidy was like, no. I'll give her a ride, but that is it. Woof. Woof. Um, (laughs) So we're doing Barry Allen in the fucking Flash, which pisses me off to no end. So Laurel has some newspaper article where I guess Bianca getting kidnapped, (sighs) Bianca Bertinelli getting kidnapped and then she dies was the beginning of the fall of Star City again. And Star City falls, and there's a newspaper article that says the girl who, f- or the w- woman or the girl who failed Star City. And they have Mia as the Green Arrow. So Laurel was like, Mia had so to coming- save Bianca. She had to, Laurel had to come to the future, get Mia to save Bianca to stop Star City from falling and having it be all Mia's fault. It's So they're trying wonk- to say... That Mia would have become the Green Arrow anyhow, even if Laurel hadn't intervened. Oh, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, probably. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. Why not? That's fine. (laughs) Well, so it would have triggered something. So, like, probably Bianca dying, because Bianca was her friend, might have triggered Mia going down this road. Yeah. Maybe what they're saying is Mia can't save the city without the Canaries. (laughs) I disagree with that. (laughs) 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 Listen, she can use Dinah and the other one can just fuck off. So the reason why I was so irritated is because Katie Cassidy had a lot of screen time. And I am a person that occasionally enjoys Katie Cassidy, but I did not enjoy her at all in this episode. What's to enjoy? Nothing. So my hope is now that William's kidnapped is that when they go forward, they're going to they're going to include FTA in this more. Or back off of the... It was a lot of canaries. Honestly, if they want to get anybody from our fandom to watch, they're going to need to... They're going to need to back off the canaries. Because I love Cat, but it's a lot of canaries. It was a lot. The reviewers who said Katie Cassidy had the most screen time she's ever had are correct. And she was unpleasant. It's kind of felt very (sighs) Laurel season one again. Like, we don't need to go back to that. So, you know, but again, this was just the backdoor pilot. They're just trying to get it on the air. When it actually gets on the air, who the frick knows what they're going to do, you know? We saw how it went with Katie Cassie's prominent role before. So, I, I just, it, it's very frustrating because you've got William and Zoe and Connor. They're literally right there. And it's a great cast with great chemistry. And they don't use the characters at all. Like, 
Like, why, why, why not, because right? Because here's my thing with this whole backdoor pilot bullshit. We already had a backdoor pilot in 716. That was the backdoor pilot for the show they were going to pitch the network. Why not just have this be the pilot pilot? Yeah, then just make it the pilot pilot. Doing a whole other another backdoor pilot just felt weird to me. So I don't know if they're doing it because the network wants to see what it looks like and if they're going to retool. I don't know if this is like for sure a go. And Please it's, I have no idea. <laughs> but essentially we're a you. they were act what has been annoying me is they've been acting like this is the first backdoor pilot with the future storyline that they've done i'm like no we watched it in 716 it was pitched it wasn't they weren't explicit explicit in saying this is a backdoor pilot but when you watch the episode you're like this is a backdoor pilot and it was great it was wonderful it was fantastic and that's what Sigh. the network should have gone with and i'm crabby that they didn't so but yeah, so, you know, it's not perfect. I'd give it a C, B minus. It's got some work to do. Would you watch it based on what you saw tonight? Yeah, I would watch it just because there's enough with, like, Mia and JJ. First of all, Charlie is a great actor. He's yeah. really good at, he's got that Stephen Amell chameleon thing where he can be different versions of the same character, and it's totally believable. Like, as he's transforming and he's remembering, he's essentially he's becoming evil again, and he's remembering who he was before. He, You know, that's all facial. That's all acting. And you're like, oh, yeah, this guy's, he's crazy again. So there's enough there. There's enough there with William. There's enough there with Zoe. But how they're going to integrate this with the Canaries, if they're constantly, it's just got to be this three-character prong approach, and all these other characters are, like, just like C and D storylines, they're going to have a problem because Mia doesn't really have a relationship with these two women. She's like, okay, I will help you sort out whatever this shit is. But then she's off in her own world with all the FTA characters. So it feels like two different shows being mashed together for no reason. So I get why Kat McNamara is pissed off and why she's been subtweeting and not even subtweeting but like actually literally liking tweets that are like hey this is not the show I signed up for even a little bit and I understand why Katie and Juliana are out there promoting like it's just the canaries because from their side of it it's just the canaries it's Juliana and it's it's Katie with their characters and like yeah they finally get hooked up with Mia but the relationship is between Dinah and Laurel and then Mia has her FTA world and they're just slapped together for this case and oh you know at the end like Bianca's like who are you bitches it was like it was so lame and they did their superhero pose off it was ridiculous I was like no 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 <laughs> so yeah am I I'm not like I'm not surprised at my reaction when I heard the pitch for the show I was like yeah I think this is going to be what I'm going to not like what I was surprised at, and I don't know why I keep being surprised at this, is how much I didn't like Laurel. Like, what is my childhood trauma, Callie? What is my brain damage that I cannot remember or I think that the character is going to be better? I don't know why you ever... Why? Why? Be why? Can I not <laughs> get never this through my head? never been better. Every time I'm like, better. oh, I kind of liked her in 807. Maybe she's going to be good in the pilot. No, Jennifer. Someone needs to slap me and say, Jennifer, 
She sucks. She sucks. Give it up. You're going to hate it. Stop setting yourself up for disappointment. Stop hoping this character becomes somebody that you're going to like. I realize I'm yelling at myself in the third person, but I'm just having a lot of feelings right now. So. Jen is disappointed in herself. I am so disappointed in myself. If she listened to Callie more, <laughs> prepare for this. Oh, I know. It's going to be fine. I'm going to love her in this. It's going to be great because I like Black Sarah. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't like her. <sighs> She's yelling at my baby. She's yelling at my princess. Fuck off forever. Where is a freaking arrow to jam into her heart? Where is Damien Dark? Actually, was it her gullet? Maybe it was a stomach. I can't remember where he stabbed Laurel. It doesn't matter. She died. It's just. (laughs) (sighs) The purpose was served. Yeah. I mean, could we just not yell at the kid who, you know, I don't know. Her dad died to save the freaking universe. She grew up without him. You know, and oh, you know, at 20, doesn't know exactly what she wants to do with her life. Wow. That never happens before with 20 year olds. You talk to me when I was 20, I'd be like, I don't know. I have a 20-year-old, and we just took him back to college yesterday for the spring semester. And let me tell you, he doesn't know. Listen, when I graduated <laughs> school, when I graduated school, I graduated with a mass communications degree, okay? And I seem to recall, my mom's like, so what do you want to do? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, get a job with insurance. Hopefully. was literally... <laughs> There was no career plan. I was like, I just want, ins- I just wanted medical insurance. This literally was my only goal in life. I was like, I'll just take whatever. She's like, okay. Yeah. When I was 20, I was, when I was 20 and in college, I was bouncing around going to law school. I was thinking, well, maybe I'll just like never get married, not have kids, go to law school. And like, I don't know, backpack through Europe. Cause that sounds like fun. I had no idea who I was at 20. Nobody knows who they are at 20. You're fucking 20. No. You're not supposed to know. So can we stop yelling at the girl who, you know, I don't know, is like 15 years younger than everybody? I mean, she's 20 years younger than the Canaries. So <sighs> it just was really irritating. There was literally Granny everything. Canaries. I just, I wanted to take the baton that they carry and bash her over the head with it every time she opened her godless mouth. Like, why are you so just awful? You are awful all the time. And she doesn't even have, like, like when she was awful in the Arrow pilot, like, okay, Oliver did sleep with her sister. So, like, she was entitled to some hate. But where the fuck are you getting the hate now, girl? Oh, this was great, too. Because she was upset with Mia for pretending to be something she wasn't because it's easier. And she relates to that because that's what she was doing. It's Black Siren. She was, she was pretending. Yo, I'm not done. Wait. Yep. She was pretending to be somebody she wasn't. I was like, oh, oh, we were just pretending to be a murderer? We were pretending? So, I just... She, she was pretending not to remember until Laurel made her remember? Yeah, I know! But we were just pretending to be a murderer for two fucking seasons. Oh, my God. Oh, and then there's this, okay, because they have completely, the whole Laurel killing Dinah's fiance never happened. Just didn't happen. That's a surprise. Maybe Oliver fixed that no. in the. Nope, they didn't. <laughs> I know that they didn't. I just, I just feel it strongly in my bones. If they did erase it, they need to say something. Um, they just want it, you to forget. Because it's it, a minor thing. I feel like it's a plot detail. Because like now <laughs> Laurel and Dinah, we're besties. 
we're besties who hang and have crazy eyeshadow and we talk to Mary. And and Laurel calls Dinah D because they're besties. You ready, D? Your turn, D. I got you, D. Isn't that what Renee? Isn't that what Renee called? Oh Diana? yeah, okay, Renee Ramirez fans out there, go ahead and get upset with her about stealing your nickname. Speaking of which, where's Renee? Non-existent. Oh, okay. I just assumed because Zoe was there. I yeah, thought, no like, Diggle, no even... Renee, no Lila. No discussion of any parents of any kind in any capacity. No. Listen, folks, the whole purpose of a backdoor pilot is so you can hook the people watching the previous show into watching the next show. And to do that, you need to reference the things from the previous show that the people who are watching this backdoor pilot Shh. like and enjoy and Shh. want to know about. Stop. And so if you don't mention them... What are you trying to do? Are you trying to get them to make good ca- television? That can't happen. I don't know. That can't happen. My God. <sighs> This is not hard. I want to know what gun was put to somebody's head that they thought combining these two shows was a good idea. <laughs> I'll just say that DC and WB are, are mighty entities. <sighs> and they get what they want. I just honestly feel... Whether they what they want or n- is good or not <laughs> is another matter altogether. I said this to Mark, like... I feel like I said to it like over a year ago where I was like, I kind of feel like an executive producer's job, like 99% of it is just trying to stop people from fucking up your show. Sounds accurate. You didn't disagree with me. So. <laughs> like, can you please not torpedo my show before I, it gets picked up? I just feel like <laughs> we, we were just so close to perfection and it's just not perfect. The answers are right there. What you need to make this show perfect. I didn't even have right thought it was a big there. issue about these two different shows, but Kat made it very clear that this show is not what she was pitched. So that leaves us with only one conclusion. What show was Kat pitched? The show that was presented in 716. That's what yep. she was pitched. Why does Kat yep. keep tweeting pictures of only her with FTA cast characters? Because that was the show she wanted. And Katie Cassidy made it extremely clear that she went into the network and pitched a canary show. So what do we end up with? We end up with FTA and a canary show mashed together. So what do you think happened? I heard that there were folks on Reddit who even thought what Laurel did to Mia was uncalled for. It was really pretty. Because I was like, oh, you guys, it's fine. I just wasn't like really. I was like, well, of course, I just assumed they're going to remember. It's not going to be that big of a deal. I did not fully, I was like, as I was watching it come out on screen, I was like, you know, because sometimes things on paper sound different than when they when you physically see them. Sometimes it's worse, sometimes better. This is a situation where I was like, well, this is much worse than what I was thinking about in my brain. Because Mia doesn't even know Laurel and Dinah at this stage of the game. And she's, you know... I think part of the mistake that they made in promoting this is saying, oh, Mia has a perfect life. She's had everything that she's ever wanted. That's not true. No, she doesn't. She doesn't have her dad. Right. She doesn't have her dad. She very much grieves not having her dad. And I felt like that very much came across in the episode. And I also feel she feels like she's disappointing him that, you know, she was like, I didn't know what to do with my life. How do I live up to that? So I just did nothing. 
and I feel like he's going to be disappointed in me. So, I mean, it's Oliver and Mia's relationship is permeating through all of that. And of course, when she gets these memories back, she gets memories of her dad, which she never had before. So it's not all horrible, but the, at first of all, it was just horrible blocking and Katie Cassidy again, did a shit show job. It, like she can't even walk normally. She's like Mia's walking away and she like speed walks up to her with her hands stretched out and like grabs her wrist. And it's just, it's so awkward. And then she like forces all of these um, memories on her because Mia has said she wasn't going to help with this Bianca thing. Cause she's like, Bianca's a ditch. She disappears all the time. So yeah, Laurel feels like she has to do this. Otherwise star city and everything Oliver fought for is going to collapse. But there was no, hey, you want to sit down and talk with me for a minute? Because I think there's some stuff that I'm you should know. I'm just going to force my will right. upon how about, you. Right. How about we sit down? Let's grab a cup of coffee. I'm going to tell you what is going on. And you get to have a say in whether or not you're gonna, you want these memories back. Like, say, listen, there's going to be a lot of unhappy stuff. But there's some really good stuff. Like, you met your dad. You spent time with him. But then there's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of stuff that happened to you that wasn't fun. It's literally a fucking conversation. My dream, pers- my dream scenario is that the network looks at this and sa- gets back to them and says, okay, <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to cut what didn't work. Yeah. Well, you know, again, I don't know. Work. Here's my thing. There's going to be people who love the canary stuff. So, you know, but how many? I don't know. That's my thing. It's like, okay, I know what I don't like. I know the, the Elicity fandoms with me for the most part. I know, you know, my reactions are pretty much everybody else's reactions just based on what I was seeing on Twitter. And maybe there's some general viewing audiences who are like, oh, this is great. I don't really understand all these reviewers who are like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. Can't wait to talk about Green Arrow and the Canaries. I'm like, this is. This was a fairly flimsily put together plot line to get these three ladies in a room together. You know what I mean? I was like, think back on the Arrow pilot and the reasons why Oliver put on the hood and how John Diggle came into his life and why Oliver was keeping these this activity a secret. I mean, that was very, very heavy, dramatic, connective thread plot through the whole pilot. You know, it was not there. Randall kidnapping chick dies in the future and the city collapses so laurel of all people has to go and get me to be the green arrow i was like what the fuck are you on about i was like this is nuts and to me it doesn't feel natural because the natural relationships that mia has with william you know hey william we should try and find this bianca chick because you're like mom you know super awesome computer hacker and she used to be overwatch and maybe we should try this and diggle's sons could be like oh hey we used to be you know our parents were superheroes too maybe we should try to be superheroes like it just it's just more of a natural um taking on the mantle like passing it down generations whereas this way it was like laurel telling mia what to do it's like who the fuck is laurel to mia she's nobody there's just literally nobody to mia it was like she was barely somebody to Mia in the other reality. I was like, you have you have picked the character that has the least connection to all the other characters and are building the relationship around her. It's insane. And the relationship we had with Dinah was tentative at best in the other reality too. It's like, okay, so we're supposed to believe that they are best friends now? Okay. Okay, show. That's the problem. When you're doing a spin-off and you're not connecting it to me in ways that make sense, 
it's like, it's very frustrating. You know what I mean? I just, it's, I find it very frustrating and very irritating. Now, maybe going forward, if it gets picked up, who knows, it might not. If it gets picked up, maybe they'll be retooling some things. But there was a lot that annoyed me, but there was a lot that I liked. The problem with the with this backdoor pilot is there there wasn't enough screen time given to the stuff that I really liked. Which sucks. <laughs> so we'll see. We're going to see how it goes. I'm not completely like I'm never watching it again. Because like, again, guys, I can deal with not liking Laurel Lance. I've done it for eight years. It's not a challenge. If I have to dislike Laurel to get Mia and JJ or William and Mia or, you know, Zoe, that's fine. That I am very comfortable with that being the price to pay. That's okay. But what I am annoyed at right now is those characters weren't given as much screen time as right. the Canaries were, which, duh, of course they weren't. The freaking Canaries are in the title card. That makes complete sense. I know that, but it still bugged me. Appropriately so. That's what I'm saying. It's one of these things where I think everybody is going to have to decide for themselves what they want to do with regards to this spinoff. And it's it's not something that we all have to like decide on as a group. Okay, we're going to watch it. Okay, we're not going to watch it. Like, like I feel like some people are going to be like, if they see people saying, I'm going to watch it, they're going to be like, well, this is why I'm not going to watch it. And it's like, you don't have to do that, honey. Listen. You can just not watch it. Yeah, just because and it's, vice versa. Just because too. it's presented as a backdoor pilot doesn't mean I'm I'm not treating it like it's a fall pilot. Right. And you know when why I, I mean gosh when I started watching Arrow I loved the pilot but as the season progressed I was like okay we got some problems here I was like this is not I you know I did not love Arrow immediately I really didn't I was like there's stuff I like but there's a shit ton of stuff that I don't like that they keep devoting. An insane amount of screen time too. Like Laurel. Like Laurel. <laughs> Does this sound familiar? So yeah. And I, so I, I get when people say that they have Laurel fatigue. Yeah, like, I mean, I did eight years of yes. her. I'm done. I <laughs> you know, like I understand I that. that. I'm tired too. I was like, this is the same complaints I've had about her acting and her characters, and it doesn't matter the way these guys write it. It's always kind of a disaster. And there's glimpses, there's glimpses of good, but neither the actor nor the writing can hold on to it for a, a consistent amount of time. Well, I feel like she was at her best in early season seven when she was Black Siren and she was snarky yes. and all this stuff. And and now that they've turned her into this hero thing. It's, it's gone back to bed. And it's like it's like they couldn't. They weren't happy. They're like, okay, the fandom likes her. Now it's time to make her good again. It's like, honey, no, we liked her because she wasn't Well, for good. all I know, Katie Cassidy put it in the contract. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. I mean, she's not stupid. I'll give the woman that. Who knows? That you can put that kind of stuff in closets. So I, I just, yeah, I was thrilled with the character in season seven. I loved her. And she didn't have to become Black Canary. She could be Black Siren. And we could have a Black Canary with Dinah. It doesn't have to be 1,500 Black Canaries. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. We could just have Dinah. Or we could just have Dinah. And they left her on Earth 2 like I hoped they would in Season 7. 
Like they Dinah just have Dinah have Dinah train Zoe. So there's your multiple canaries. Boom, boom. Because that's a whole other thing. Remember, that's how Errol wrapped Black Siren's right? story. They dumped her on Earth too. And then they blew up. A, and then they blew up her too. I don't know what we're going to do with her now. <laughs> I mean, I got uh, to give it to Kat McNamara. Okay. She does a great job. We have to talk about something. Oh, yeah. This so this is, totally is the, there, Okay, I logged into Twitter today, and it was literally that gift from Community where it's like you're walking with the pizza and the bedroom's burning. You know, I, I, I really want to double down on my belief that it's it's arrow ending is just making everybody chicken little a little bit the like end is not the apocalypse is coming <laughs> exactly. Save yourself. everybody is upset and they're yelling and they're mad and they're laughing and they're being ridiculous it's and they're so like crazy on twitter right now you guys it's just like if you're not on twitter so don't times. get on twitter but if you've been I, on twitter you know what we're we know what you're talking about it's, there have been so many times crazy. i've checked my timeline and i go good Lord, well, I see people. like seven different topics that people are like in a rage about. And I'm like, what is going on? There's only two episodes left. I am like so confused right now. No, there's one episode left. One. No, there's one. one. Yes. And everyone's like, oh, but this. And like, damn it all to hell. And I, just, like, I, I had this thought to today. I had this thought today. I was like, you know, is it is it really too much to ask that I spend the last days of Arrow, like, enjoying my fandom together and we, like, enjoy the show together? But no, it is too much to ask because I log on and everybody's freaking out about this or freaking out about that. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I well, guess, I'm you know, so this, that's a, this is the own form of entertainment. I'm just kind of, like, chuckling every time I log on oh, to Twitter. I'm just like, what's stars. going on now? And I'm always clueless. So I do yeah, yeah. know that Stephen gave uh, did a podcast. Yes. And listen, now, if you don't know what Stephen Amell on podcasts means, it means dirt. The man. He means he, he doesn't give any shit and he will tell. Oh, everything. my God. He like, <laughs> oh, there are podcasts. I mean, if you want to know, how does the fandom know about his first mess marriage? How does he, how do we know that he's pissed off about podcast. contracts and all that? Because he did a podcast and told everybody. <laughs> It's true. Yep. So don't come at people who are like, well, well, I mean, some people knew about the marriage beforehand, which is like, why we were all so surprised when he mentioned him it in the podcast. dealing we out like, the dirt on what? it? <laughs> Holy shit. We were not expecting we were like, that. Whoa, man. This should at be that like point, in. That was. No, like, it was that, that particular one. I, and I don't know if it was with Rosenbaum or if it was with. No, that was that was Aisha. That was Aisha. Tyler. I remember listening to that. I'm like, dude. This is starting to feel like I am sitting in your therapy, your therapist's <laughs> office, and getting yeah. access to your files, like, and it your just feels very inappropriate. Like got like a cease and desist or whatever. Send you one. Like, like, do you? He had letters from his, like her lawyers, right? Waiting for it, right? And it was like, oh no. Oh, and he kind of <laughs> made it sound like he was still in love with her. It was like, and not- he kind of made it sound like he was a. And they're like a mad stalker. Yeah, like, like you're gonna go to jail soon if you don't leave her alone. Kind of. It was. I just. I was like, does he know this is public? Does he know that Aisha is gonna does air he this know shit? That we're gonna, like, what the fuck, gonna man? I almost was like, does she have like a secret? You know how like they're mic'd and like you're recording secretly. It's like, is that what happened? It was. It was very uh, illuminating. So you've listened. So he does this podcast with I did Michael Rosenbaum. 
Yeah, the first part was done back in December before Christmas. Which I listened to that. And then the second part was three weeks later. And I have not listened to all of that yet. And, um, well, the second part, he talks about what happened in the first part. Yes. Um, so basically, Michael Rosenbaum, like any good interviewer, sees a little oozing, festering wound on somebody and, and picks at it. Mm-hmm. He's very gentle. He's very calm and careful about it. But he he presses the bruise and he picks at the wound to get what he what he wants Steve to talk about. And... You could kind of tell that Steve was a little reluctant to talk about things like arrow ending and I'm so tired. Like he was taking the things that Steve was currently upset about and like, let's discuss. Let's expand on that. Like Steve was like, (laughs) I'm just fucking exhausted. (laughs) And Michael's like, tell me about your exhaustion. I need to know every detail. And I need to know what you're doing is making you so tired. Your show is ending, you know? Like, how does it feel to know you don't have that safety yeah, net anymore? Yeah, how does it feel to know that you're an unemployed <laughs> asshole? Like, oh, my God. And so, like, Steve suddenly says, you know, he says, is it hot in here? I feel like I'm really sweating. And you could hear Michael, like, get up and, like, move around the room. He's like, yeah, no, it is. It is warm in here. And, and Steve's like, um, you know, can we do this some other time? And Mike's like, are you going to be sick? And he's like, I think I'm going to be sick. And and he's like, actually, I'm going to walk home. Do you want me to drive you home? No, I'm just going to walk out in the fresh air. Okay. You know, and it was, it was a little jarring. Like if you're triggered by, by people's panic attacks and anxiety and such like that, you know, maybe, maybe give Maybe just listen to the second half. It was, it was, well, you all, you, all you have to do to avoid that is kind of like from about like. 30 minutes to like 33 minutes mm-hmm. that's that's where that happened but when he came back he talked a lot about um you know what what happened after that he did walk home and michael did drive up next to him in his truck and try to give him a, a ride home and steve they live very him, close know? to each other if you're wondering how steve is walking home <laughs> he's, they like, have he's not walking across los angeles yeah there's yeah. mcmansions here and they're just they're, he's like a few blocks from him so and he came he came home and he laid on the sofa and he apparently called an iv service because that's what steve does right and they gave him something in his iv that knocked him out and then like michael apparently called cassandra to ask how he was doing which Steve had no idea that he'd done that. Um, and he talked about, like, like, are you going to go to therapy? Are you going to go talk to somebody? Because that was part of the problem. Is In the first half, you recall this, Jen, he had said that, you know, his wife noticed there was something wrong with him and was, like, urging him to go to a doctor. And he was, like, very stubbornly, I don't want so to go to a doctor. Which is so typical yeah, of a that's, male. And so in the second half, they're like, okay, well, are you going to go? And he's like, I think I'm going to go. So I don't think he's been yet. Well, I, I have a question because I was a little confused about that because I saw a lot of people were unhappy with Cassandra on Twitter. And so I listened yeah, to the... I have a different thought. Right. So I, I listened to the... I listened to what Stephen said. And so Stephen had said that, you know, he was really not in a good place for a while, just didn't have a lot of energy. He just, I mean, he even was like, not to be too TMI, had like no sexual energy. Um, 
you know, he was just like, I, I just didn't want to do anything. Like, I guess they were going to on a trip and he just was like, I don't even have the, I can't, you guys go without me. And Cassandra was like starting to get very concerned, like you said. And so she's, well, as you would. Right. So she's like, you need, she was starting to get concerned that, um, Steve was physically something wrong with him. And so, you know, she's like, you need to get your shit together. I think that was the phrase he used and go see a doctor. Now, I think it's important to note that when Steve says, Cassandra tells him you need to get your shit together, that might not be the exact phrase she Well, there used. could be not that, but I also <laughs> understand, um, you know, that if she's she being had, insensitive fine, to his mental health. I didn't I, take it like that. No. I, I actually took either. it that she was upset and Ex- worried about either his physical or mental health. That is how I took it as well. I took it to be... Uh, a wife who was very concerned about her husband and knew that treating him with kid gloves was just going to give him an excuse to ignore her. Well, she knows I've him. spoken to my husband in that tone to get him to go to a doctor. Yeah, you have to be. You, you kind of have, be a, have to be a bit of a husbands. hard ass bitch sometimes <laughs> with your men. I'm sorry. They can be incredibly stubborn, particularly well, they when will calls... wiggle out if they think there's wiggle room. Right. Well, I mean, Nick <sighs> won't go to a doctor if I give him any kind of. If I agree with any of his self diagnosis. He's not going. And there has to be times. Here's what you have to do. You have to make going to the doctor what they want to deal with versus dealing with you. It's like, well, I either have to deal with you. I got to deal with the doctor. You need to make the doctor look like the appealing choice. Then that's when they go to the doctor. Because it's like, well, I don't want to fucking deal with your ass anymore. So I'm just going to go physically do what you're telling me to do. So you shut up. Right. And it works. (laughs) And it's not, it's not. Any, it's not me being insensitive to my husband. It's, it's because I love him and I want him to be okay and I well, need to get him into a doctor. And 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 Steve said that one of the things she said was, you need to do this for varied reasons, including for yourself, for your daughter, and me. And right. a lot of people took exception to her saying that, but honestly, that is true. Well, because that was something he kept saying in the podcast, that that's what he needs to be right now. He needs to be a dad and a husband. I'm like, yeah, and that sounds good to me. I don't I don't fault him for that. No. I really don't. Listen, I mean, if you just busted your ass on eight years of a television show where you don't live in the same city as your daughter and your wife, and yes, we can discuss those choices another day, whether we agree with them or not, uh, I can completely understand. Um, no, I can completely understand why Steve is kind of having a, a, a difficult time coping and adjusting because you're you're going from probably being the busiest person on the planet to not being the busiest person on the planet well and it sounded like initially his problem was when arrow was done they weren't done with him or people weren't done with him they kept coming to him wanting things wanting things Mm. wanting things and he wanted a break Mm -hmm. and it was and it's one of those things it's like he's exhausted he's tired he's he's but he's also got this feelings like in the same podcast, he said his favorite role ever was Oliver Queen. Like that was, he loved being Oliver Queen. Mm-hmm. He loved his show. He cared so much about his show that he ran himself into the ground over it. Okay. Yeah, I think that's very and, true. And so the guy's going to have some feelings about that show ending. And I don't even think like I you know, was this- listening to it and it felt like he wasn't even, he was just barely scratching the surface of why he's feeling the way he is now. And I'm like, a lot of this buddy is going to be some grief. Yeah. It's grieving a loss. Your show. It's a loss. Well, and you know, this happened to, um, 
Oh, Game of Thrones. Kit Harrington. He yeah. checked himself into a wellness clinic after games left or games ended because he was having a very difficult time coping with your new reality. You know what I mean? And like, I think it's hard for people like us who are not in the television industry and don't have an acting job to understand right. how many hours these people well, are on set and how much work think, that they do. I think take take how us as fans feel about Arrow ending. I've seen a lot of people who are very upset about Arrow ending. I can't deal with Arrow ending. Don't talk to me about mm -hmm. Arrow ending. Like, take what you're feeling about this show ending and mm -hmm. how you've spent the last eight years following and loving this show. Mm -hmm. Take how you're feeling and multiply that by a thousand because that is what Steve's feeling mm -hmm. on top of this exhaustion. Right. You know, and so, yeah. And they yeah, run. If you're number attack, one on the call sheet, if you're surprise. number one on the call sheet, because this is something Michael Rosenbaum talked about. He, and he was like, I don't understand how Tom Willing did it. Because he was like, you know, yeah. Tom would, he would be like, I work like three or four days a week, but I wasn't in every scene. And he's like, and I was exhausted doing that. And I'm watching Welling be in every scene, working 15 hours a day, like seven days, six days a week. And then he would be flying back and forth. Very similar to what Steve was doing. And he was like, it's insanity. Well, here's the thing. Steve was talking about this. And this is where I was like, okay, but Steve, you kind of did that a little bit to yourself. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's some of this that about... was more difficult on Steven, I think, than it needed to be. Because that's just who he is. Yeah. But it was like he would go from filming all night and then get on a plane to go to a con. And it's like, honey, but. You don't have to do it like that. You, you did that to yourself. Yeah. You know, right. like, that was you, right. you know, not every, and this is why not every actor does that. Right. And it's like, I, I feel like he felt he needed to, well, it, you he know, needed to be as busy as possible. I think you got to think about like the frame of mind that he was in when he got Arrow. He was not a yeah. well-known actor who had been established. This was it. This is his big break. And he he's a hard. hustler. And he got this big break. He sees financial opportunity and he's going to hustle his ass because I think there's a good part of him. And I think this is also a really big, huge part of the identity and the whole like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Acting isn't like, oh, you're guaranteed another part. Yeah. You know, you, you, there's always the issue of typecasting or what am I going to what's going to be the next role? What's going to be the next thing? And the unknown of that after you've had a consistent job where it's extremely popular and people adore you and you're coming off from that and you're not going to have that in your back pocket anymore. I feel mm. like there's a lot of people they are like, oh, but he has heels. You know, what's the big stress? Well, there's no guarantee with heels. Just like with this right. this backdoor pilot and spinoff, there's no guarantee that the show is going to get shows, picked up. Do you know how many shows stars has thrown a pilot on HBO that has gone like three episodes and then... They yank it because yep. nobody's watching. And that could, he knows Netflix. how easy that I mean, just because it's on a streaming website or it's on a cable network does not suddenly guarantee that people are going to watch it. And he talked about how they need somebody on their show that's the it character that draws people in. And he didn't say her name, but y'all knew that he was thinking about Felicity Smoke and Emily Bett Ricards when he was saying that. Somebody that energizes the mm. audience oh he was that that's what the show is missing that he's saying that they need to find that person they have great people on their cast but they need somebody that's really gonna hook he thinks that like maybe this one guy is that but he doesn't know yet right because he and, has to see how people are gonna react to it 
But he's seen that happen, and so he knows now. Mm. We need somebody like that mm-hmm. that's going to really capture people. And they did talk a lot about how he's kind of he was kind of a hard ass, and he on the set, and yeah. he was like he kind of feels like that, that really re- bothered me when somebody when somebody said that they heard he was a hard ass. He's like, who said that? Where'd they right, from? Right, because he was like, fuck that. He was like, yeah, okay, I was a hard ass season one, season two, but by season three, he chilled out. He said so. He's like, he kind of feels like it's it's not a moniker that he's really earned he was the very last defensive five years it. very you know defensive. and and i just was kind of like this is just really funny to me that they and they've oh, talked about that like two or three times like he's been on michael rosebaum show they, they always talk about, talk about the, what a hard they ass talked about it in the second part too okay but so i started cracking up because steve because <laughs> then steve gets on his whole people are gonna hate me for saying this but he reminds me of donald trump sometimes the way that he compliments himself and puffs himself up and be like i've done this and i've done this and i'm amazing uh he was like you know you know we're coming back for the eighth season and i asked everybody they're only gonna do 10 episodes and i asked everybody to stay and he's like talking so they did they did and i did that and that's because of me and they did it for me and i was like except emily (laughs) (laughs) i actually thought that while i was listening i was like he's like and everybody everybody and and i'm like everybody steve most important character <laughs> and I think he was upset about that because it worked for everybody but not her. Yeah, I kind of took some under the current shade with that remark. Yeah, I did too. Glad it wasn't just me nope. because I did too. I, I have felt personally that as supportive as Steve was about her exit, he's not happy about it. And I don't think David Ramsey even a little bit is happy about it. He was real quiet when Emily left. So Okay, let's not talk about exactly. that. Exactly. Um. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So then he was like, okay, so tell me. The other part I was confused because people were saying that he was talking about how he did season yes. eight for money. Yes. Well, okay. He said he talked about how he, he, you know, he was ready to be done at seven and he thought the show should, you know, had a good end at seven. And he said, but they came to me and he says it, it, he made it sound like. He wasn't necessarily like bargaining, like, no, I'll come back for this much more. He just, they kept coming to him Mm. and offering. And he says, you can do 22 episodes at season seven at this rate, or you can do 32 episodes for this amount. And he said, it would have been fiscally irresponsible for me not to do Mm. it. So, yeah, he did it for money, I mean, guys, were but we thinking he did it track. for other reasons other than money? <laughs> it's, it's not for the love of the craft. I'm sorry. Okay, well, that was why I was so harping on. I, I was so harping on season seven not being the last one because that is when his contract ended and he could contract from year to year. I was like, that's when Steve can go to the table and be like, no, you got to pay me to show up now. Like, But he, to hear him say it, he didn't do that. Well, it sounded he, like he was firm done, and then they just kept kind of coming back right. to him and convincing him and convincing him. Correct. They so kept, I'm a little surprised. I was like, wow, he might. I mean, he obviously thinks he, make, he made plenty of money to be able to walk away. So that's good. You know, I'm glad that he did well. But I was totally surprised because, you know, most – most of the shows in that position, once they are, once they end their contract and they can go year to year and negotiate, that's like the big money making years. So he must have been really done and really exhausted to not want to do another year, full year or two. It was always my thinking. So yeah, they just threw a ton of cash at him, which sure, why not? <laughs> 
Sure, why not? <laughs> I mean, I don't have like you and I were like, yeah, they probably should have ended in seven, but it didn't. So it is what it is, you know. It's one of those things that I think he was tired and done. I don't think he really, you know, despite any 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 jealousy, I think he didn't really want to do it without Emily. I think he was. Yeah, it sounded like I think he kind of talked about in a podcast the way it went, where it was like he signed. And then she decided not to or something. I don't think that there were conversations between the two of them. Yeah. I think she just was like, okay, well. Because everyone's deal is their own deal. You know, everyone talks about the Friends cast. The reason why everybody talks about the Friends cast is because it was such an unusual negotiating. It really uh, was. The the, the six of them, like, negotiated as one unit. And I was like, that's not how it works. Like, every actor's got their own deal. And the other actors don't get involved in that. You know what I mean? That solidarity is unusual. So it's like, David's got his deal, and Emily's got her deal, and Steve's got his. And they have agents, and they hammer out their shit. And, you know, I don't don't think there's a ton of, like, oh, this is what I'm getting paid, and this is what you're getting paid, and let's work out this. And there's not, like, a lot of chit-chat. Everybody just makes their own decisions. I kind of thought maybe there would be with Steve and Emily if they're going in the same... You know, when we're deciding this would be a final season. Um, but, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar didn't do that. She, like, the rest of the Buffy cast found out on freaking Entertainment Weekly that the show was over. So it's kind of like, you know, once the lead's done, he's done. And then, you know, it's everybody else's. I think, well, I just, I you know, it's it's, it's, it's such really a strange. Yeah, it's like, it's it was kind of a strange. The way the final season of Arrow came about was a little weird. It was weird. Well, it sounded like to hear Steve when he told talked to Rosenbaum about it. It sounded to me like he was expecting the show to go on after he was done. Mm. Which because like he he wasn't sure that the show was really just ending at ten episodes mm. or nine episodes or whatever it was he was he was in for. Yeah, I mean, because they could have just continued it on with Mia and William. But whether they carry it on within the confines of Arrow or they launch a new show, that's always the question. I guess that's my thing about this whole Green Arrow thing. It's like, you know, it feels like it's a carrying on from Arrow. They've just pumped up the canaries a little bit more. It's like, well, we just could have kept the same show. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, do we have to do a whole new launch? TV's so weird. There's just so much on TV. I just, in the business side of it, I just have no freaking clue. You know, it's like, what? What are they doing? What? Very confused. Okay. okay. Was there anything else in his podcast that we? Um, trying to think. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I think that was that was. Yeah, because it was it was it was uh it was it was very it was much. A lot about his. Wow, he really really had. Wow, there's a lot. Okay, we have a lot of questions. Oh, do we really? I think so. Like you asked for questions like two minutes ago. I know. Ago. Hang on. I'm following. <laughs> I might have scrolled down too far. There's like a whole combo happening here that I don't necessarily think. Uh, don't you love when you get included in convos and you're like, I am over here. Uh, oh, they're convos. reminiscing about. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, they're reminiscing about Watch Over episodes, I think. Oh, you guys are, are so you sweet. Serious? I think so. Don't, don't reminisce over us. We're not worth it. Nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. An hour? Yeah, we've been talking for an hour. Okay. <laughs> Lexi. Why is Laurel Lexi such is a so fucking sweet. bitch to Mia? You know? Because she's Laurel. Because she's Laurel. That's the answer. 
That's always the answer because she's Laurel. That's the answer to everything. Smoke smile. Um, Can we make Laurel and her ugly attitude fuck off like now? Also, more of a statement, but damn, Cat and Charlie killed it. You know, listen, let's chat about that because obviously we know that Mia and Connor, that Cat and Joseph have a great chemistry. Like we've had yes. almost a season and a half of it. But it's like, does she have chemistry with JJ? I mean, there wasn't really an opportunity even to see it in like, the flash I forwards. Thought, I thought maybe like in the little gifs I saw, I'm like, that kind of looks chemistry Yeah, but he know? was always an evil villain. So I was always yeah, like, I think like, maybe. I don't know. But so like now we got JJ as a good dude. And it was hot. It was hot. JJ and me are hot. Connor and me are hot. I am a happy camper. Uh, <laughs> Meg at Urnbrella1. How much do you love a confirmation that Oliver cheats on LL with her sister in every reality? Because I sort of love it a lot. There's either realities where they aren't together or... He loves someone he else that's not Laurel or he's cheated on her. Those are the realities they've been given. Or both. Or both. In the case of Earthline. Right. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Um... I want to know who said Laurel could be so cruel and yet the rest of the episode is going to be great. It was like we want the spinoff to happen, but we want everyone to hate her. This is from Kat John Kate Johnson. I don't quite follow the way you're framing it. I feel like you're maybe I think referring they mean to reviewers. Like, I think it almost sounds like they're they're she's suggesting that the writers sabotaged mm. Laurel. You know. Like, I don't. Th- I don't think person? that they're. I don't think that they are. I think they're trying to make it a go. I think ma- the majority, they're trying to write this adversarial relationship between Mia because and Laurel. I'm... And whenever you do that with a Laurel character, if she has an adversarial relationship with someone, she is unbearable. And a lot of that is Katie Cassidy's acting. <laughs> That's where I'm going. You know, she had an adversarial relationship with Oliver. Um, you know, all of season one, it felt very season one. Um, in terms of the judgment and the tone of voice and the attitude and barking orders at Mia. Um, I'm hoping going forward that that's going to ease off because they were really heavily hitting on this adversarial, oh, look, they don't like each other kind of thing. And Katie Cassidy pushed that super hard. And I was like, you know, it's not great. Or you could not. Can we just (laughs) not do this? And I don't know what the decisions, why the decisions like that get made it supposedly I guess it creates drama I also think given what seems to be happening personally behind the scenes between Kat and Katie Cassidy in terms of them fighting over what show this is going to be and whose show it's going to be that might not have been in a totally inappropriate writing decision you know instead of making them act like they like each other because you know they tried that with a Laurel character before and another Eric actor and it didn't work out so great so the only character that is bearable opposite Laurel, who makes Laurel bearable when she's opposite her, is Felicity. Well, that's why I'm saying we need more William in here because Mia is essentially Oliver. Yeah. She's female Oliver. And, you know, you need somebody. And Oliver himself was very abrasive in the beginning. And you need somebody to soften them to make them approachable, to, to, to bring out their humanity. And, you know, the reason why Black Siren works so good in season seven is because they had Felicity softening her. So she was palatable. 
It's like you've you've stuck Laurel and Oliver together again, and that don't mix. That don't mix. It's not good. So why I was like the lack of William in this thing is not smart. We need because we got two hardline characters, and Dinah isn't enough of a fan favorite uh, peacekeeper kind of character in that role. I think she, I think Juliana did the best she could with it. I think she did a good job for the most part, but you need humor. You need humor. Yeah. That's what softens the abrasive attitude. The bitchiness needs to be met with humor. So you can kind of laugh it off and it's not coming snark, out. Snark, snark about so, it. Yeah. So it sounds more like snark and less like insults. So you need, I, you know, who's the funniest person in the cast? It's, it's Ben Lewis. So pull Ben off the bench and put him in. Um, we need more William. No question really needed, but I mean, do you agree? Yes. I love that Lexi. Obviously. It's just like, it's like she and I are just simpatico. Um, uh, why are they still there if Zoe? Someone was asking, why are the canaries still there if Zoe's there? Well, Zoe's not a canary. None of the kids are superheroes. Because they haven't needed to be. Oliver saved the universe. The St Star City is like the fucking, it's like Central City right now. It's really pretty. <laughs> they have a new skyline. It's so sparkly. I liked it so much. <laughs> so, uh, Suri, happy ending believer. Suri is me. Series is me. Siri is me. Let's not know who you're talking about. I know. About. <laughs> uh, how many times do you want to strangle LL? You know. Like once a minute. Yeah. At least. Every 30 seconds. <laughs> How do you feel about Smoke and Hawk being en enemies to lovers? Well, I'm not 100. I think we're going to go like more middle of the road zone. Where maybe Connor's just a colossal fuck up, but he's still a good guy underneath. Yeah. And then they're going to do like, lovers to enemies with to... JJ and Mia. Because I think one thing that they did make completely clear is that Mia is in love with JJ right now. Yeah. You know, she she was given every opportunity to be like, I'm outie boy and to end this relationship. But, you know, what she came to realize is he's really not Deathstroke anymore. He is the guy she loves. And she's like, I want to spend my life with you. But then, you know, he got all of his evil memories but back. But doesn't she also remember Connor? Right. They did show that. Okay. Okay. Which like, is I'm why the like, whole, I can't imagine apartment. spending my life with anyone else. I was like, but can you? But can, but can you? you, honey? Because he <laughs> is a, twi a very delicious snack over here. I say you sample both, girl. You do you. Um... Yeah. We're going to have to tie this up. My battery is draining. Are we dying? Uh, who do you think is the... I have no idea who the villain is. A lot a of lady. Laurel is the worst. <sighs> oh, and other superficial topics from my beautiful Maddie. Weird eye makeup choices the way to signify... Or weird eye makeup it choices the to future. signify the 20 years in the future. No. It was Are we so, going to keep doing that? So bad. Like, Cat with her emeralds. And then she had like jeweled, you know, like on her eyelids. That was as funky as it got for her. And it looked cool. Whatever clown makeup they were putting on Juliana and Katie. I was like, who hates you guys in the makeup department? Like, seriously, it was just like, it was distracting. And then Laurel had on these boots, these boots. 
looked like they had bombs attached to them. Someone told me they looked like an ankle bracelet. <laughs> like four ankle bracelets. She's on house arrest. She's on flown the coop. <laughs> um, before we go, we should talk about a little bit about the promo picks. Oh, yeah. I might have to have a whole separate podcast on that. So the promo picks, it shows Moira. Maybe we should do another podcast where we do like a pre- Finale. pre-finale podcast yeah because yeah. if your battery is gonna die i don't want you to like well i mean i got 28 percent, but it's like going down like a percentage point okay that's, we're not, we are not <laughs> getting through the promo picks in that amount of time yeah, so we can do that we can do a podcast this weekend but let's just say or, promo like friday picks, super cool confused a lot of people that was like one of the days i like logged into twitter and i was like what everything's on fire I was like, why is this so hard for you guys? I, well, I was just like, <sighs> I was just like, okay, Arrow's just like, Arrow's just like this. being crazy. They're just like, fuck it. It's the end. We're going to do whatever the hell we want. That's really kind of Which the way I took it. Always what shows do and what you always have to kind of be careful about is these shows, they go a little crazy. And they do go a little crazy in finales. They're like, oh, it's over. We can do anything. <laughs> Let's do anything. You're like, don't Let's do anything. Do don't that. do anything. Anything is bad. Could you kind of try to keep it with it? Nope. Not going to get. No. We are not going to pay any attention to the last eight years of the show. Silly little rabbits. We're like, but we like the eight years of the show. We'll talk about yeah. it. We'll, we'll talk, talk about it. It's going to be fine. There's a promo pic of Oliver and Felicity from the promo holding hands, standing in a window. It does not look. It looks to me like they're old apartment. Into the future, bast in sunlight. It's going to be fine. And hopefully they retool. That's, that's of possibilities with that picture. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they retool the freaking spinoff a little bit more. But even if they don't, I think there's enough there for me to watch and enjoy. And I'll just yell about Laurel. You guys, you've been listening to me yell about Laurel for eight years. What else is new? Good point. I mean, at least it's on brand for me. It is very... (laughs) But, like, I also feel like any of my... Well, of course you hate Laurel because you hate... You love Elicity. It's just going to be immediately discarded. No. No, like, no I feel no. like I have some legitimate complaints. <laughs> no, it's it's Elicity. Laurel has never touched No, me. it's nothing to do with Elicity. Literally like, nothing. She's just an annoying she just character. Looks if, a if, shit if, on if, me. if we hated Laurel because of Elicity, that would mean we hate Sarah. That would mean oh, we no. hate Helena. Very good point. That would mean we hate Shadow. That would mean we hate McKenna. And I do hate Susan Williams, but <laughs> but that was because Susan Williams is a she rat. She was the awful, it's awful of awful. <sighs> she was a rat, and then they refused to acknowledge that she was a rat when we knew she was a fucking rat. rat, Mark. <sighs> I get so mad. She was a rat. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna give a little plug to Just About Right because they were very kind. Mm. Uh, Jen interviewed me. Uh, Yes, I read your memories, and she plugged Watch Over for us. So she's a complete delight. And if you want to go check out the interview, it's over at it's just. I'd like to have her back. I love her so much because she's so smart. I can just sit and listen to her. Just like, just tell us what's what. She's very lovely. She's literally a human rainbow. Human rainbows exist. Her name is Jen. The world could use more human. She's pure delight. Pure delight. So yes, that was kind of my fond. 
I'm not really going anywhere, but it was just kind of like, thanks for the memes, Arrow fandom. And I had a shit ton of fun. I talk about what I liked, but I had way more fun, much, way more fun talking about what I didn't like for the last eight years. Because, you know, you know talking about what annoys the crap out of you is really fun. And it's even more fun. <laughs> Which when is why we do it on Twitter people. so much. <laughs> it's even more fun when you know the people you're telling it to feel the same right way. exactly like listen all y'all there upset and yelling i feel you we get it we get the concern i understand and i, I was actually very much in agreement with people who were like what the fuck are, why are they talking about mia having everything in her life when her dad is dead I'm like yeah everything but that's that. fair <laughs> <laughs> awkward way of, of framing it arrow <laughs> do better next time all right. All right. We will do another podcast on the promo shots because now it is the last walk, the final steps to the series finale. Let's hope they don't fuck it up. Fingers crossed. Folks. And if you want to listen to Steven's podcast, we'll give Michael Rosenbaum a little plug. It's inside of you podcast.com. Yeah. Just go search it up. I found it on Spotify. Listen to it this morning. Delightful. Yep. So. You want to hear Steve share all his business. Boy, howdy. I'm still a little shocked he signed up for that freaking, like, now that I know, like, he was on a mental breaking point, it's kind of shocking he signed up for that wrestling show. I mean, I know it's only eight episodes, but I was kind of like, you know, Steve, take a siesta, man. I know. Like, what do you have against vacations? He was like, oh, I should have gone to Africa with my family with no phone. I'm like... Is yeah. there something prohibiting you from doing that? You can, you can still do this. Well, that's what Michael was saying. He was like, you know, you can call them up and say, can we start in April? And he's like, we're starting March. And she's like, like, Steve, Steve, this is what we're talking about. You do this to Oh, you know what I forgot to talk about? How he doesn't like to cry in front of his wife. And Michael Rosenbaum was like, that is toxic masculinity bullshit, man. Learn to cry yeah, in front was. of your wife. Cry. In front of your wife, please. He's just, and then they like they were talking about when they saw their dads cry for the first time, and it was sweet. It was sweet. I'm like, oh. Anyhow, so listen, listen to, to the podcast. It. It's fun. <laughs> Get to know. Say goodbye to Stephen Amell. Yeah. Bye. Bye, Steve. Steve. Good luck. <laughs> it's been Good real. Luck with your speedo <laughs> and your mustache. Oh, it's so bad. <sighs> if that's what it's gonna be on the show, I can't that's watch. What it's gonna be. Is it going to be the handlebar mustache on the show? On the it's going to be. Oh. It sounds like he's determined to have this mustache. Fuck. On the show. It's so gross. I don't want well, it. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to. So I'm not worried. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I never have to watch anything. Like, I feel like we've progressively moved from all the facial hairs that make him unattractive to me. And he just keeps doing them. Like, yeah. he was, first was clean shaven. Yeah. And then it was like, of course, then we had the whole season seven monstrosity in the freaking whatever. And now we've got mustache. That's not good, folks. I don't know. He makes me feel like he should be on SVU or something like that. That's not. Can we not do this? Can we not deliberately try to make yourself unattractive? Like, when Jesus has gifted you with that face. Feel how you will about his wife. At least she has the sense to know that that mustache is... I was on Team fuckling. Cassandra because he said that when people pay him compliments and like make it look good, he's like, Cassandra's always like, fuck you people. And I, she was like, oh, does she hate it? And he's like, my wife hates it so much. And I'm like, Team Cassandra. She <laughs> is right. Seriously. The taste I support down. your missus. 
It was just. She is right. (laughs) I wouldn't sleep with you either, dude, with that on your face. No, thank you. I don't care if I'm legally required to or not. And Jesus is mad at him, too, because Jesus is like, listen, I gave you this face and this body and you're completely jacking it up for no reason other than to just be difficult. Just, just to be difficult. That is exactly like, why. And Melissa he's thinks he's going to apologize like to Jesus for It's going to be the mustache first. I feel like that's why Steve does like 90% of the things he does. Just to be difficult. Yeah, that feels Thanks. fair. Thanks, just Steve. to be a stubborn Anyhow. ass. See, that's why Cassandra had to yell at him to go to the doctor. Because he's a stubborn exactly. ass. I don't want to marry him. Would you be married he's to Steve? He's a Taurus, guys. <sighs> go look up the defining no. characteristics of what a Taurus is, and you will find stubborn to be the first thing listed. That's why I, I laugh at all of these haters who are like, oh, a listy fandom are just like sad single ladies who just want to be married to Stephen Amell or Oliver. I no. do not. Fuck that. Bullshit. <laughs> want to be married, number no. one, to Stephen Amell. Let's just no. get that clear. And number no. two, Oliver Queen. No, no, no. Well, listen. That is a Oliver mess Queen I don't want. Smoke. What I want to do is watch Felicity <laughs> clean it up. But I don't want to clean it up. No, thank no. you. I don't care what Oliver he looks like Queen in leather pants. belongs to Felicity Smoke, and I don't want any part of Stephen no. Amell. No. So. No. The extent of my relationship with Stephen Amell is just occasionally listen to his podcast to like listen to him spill the tea, which is always enjoyable, and it's always an overshare, and I always am like, dude, you can't walk this shit back. It lives it's forever. It's like watching your little And the other <laughs> is to look at his pretty face when he's not maligning it with bad facial hair choices. <sighs> well, that was a fun little rant. Yeah, look at us. All right, guys. <laughs> we will. We'll be back. I don't know when we're going to be back, but we'll be back before the finale. Sometime in the next week. Yeah. And we'll talk promo pictures because they are completely what the fuck. <laughs> they were like, okay, wait, what? So, yeah. I did. Okay. Just so you guys know, I did email Mark a all capital letters. What the frack? <laughs> he didn't tell me anything. He's just like, all will be revealed. I'm like, yeah, better. Okay. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye, guys. Thanks for joining us this week. Be sure to listen next week. Subscribe to WatchOver on iTunes. Or Google Play. And look us up on Twitter and Tumblr. Bye. Bye.